This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys welcome Michael Finney. Michael is the curator of Exploring Our National Parks and the Chicago 1893 Projects with books to match and a new book on building your personal brand. There's also an EduTech tip of the week. All of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. You're listening to the EduTech Guys. EduTechGuys.com. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madler. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, downloading, joining us today. We appreciate it so much. Yeah, we hope you're having a great day, had a great week, had a great month, and your pandemic year, round five, is going well. And yeah. uh, <laughs> we hope you're out there getting your booster shots, your vaccines, and all that kind of good stuff so we can all get back together and spend money and go broke at Christmas. Booster shots? I thought it was booster seats. Oh no, I I got a booster seat too. That I got the Moderna so much. I got the Moderna booster seat. <laughs> Moderna. I was like, yeah, I'm looking for the booster seat for the uh, 275 to 300 pound kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, that's a car seat. Yes, it is. But anyway, <laughs> hey, I digress. Check us out on the web. You can go out there and find us at Google. Just type in EduTech guys, or just go to any of your favorite social media hangouts, and you'll find us. And you tech guys. So, you know, Facebook.com, Instagram, Graham the Inst, Tears for Fears. We're on their website. I, I have to tell you, you know, the, when I was a kid, older folks always said, you know, enjoy your youth because you'll be, you know, life's going to speed on by and you'll be older before you know it. And when, that when I first heard Instagram, I, that's what it was. I was old. I'm an Instagram. Instagram. Instagram paw. You know, put it on the web. So uh, on, the, on web. the line. On the line. But, you know, we love making this show and we love visiting with educators and hearing your stories at events across the nation. Help us continue spreading the love by sponsoring either this show or our conference appearances or both. Visit edutechguys.com slash sponsors to find out how you can help keep the Edutech Guys 
train a rolling. Get your name or company in the markets that you might not currently occupy. And if our site is still under construction, just reach out to us. I was going to say, just don't click it today. As I was going through that, I was like, oh, wait, we're revamping the site. So actually, if you just reach out to us on Twitter, at EduTechGuys, as yeah. Jeff said, anywhere online, kind of other than edutechguys.com right now. Yeah. Uh, you'll be good to go. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to just pull up the old email client and type in contact at edutechguys.com and that'll get right to both of us. That's right. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Edutech Guys, where we're constantly working on our tech. That's uh, we are. We are. We're, we're constantly tearing things down, <laughs> building it up, tearing it back down again. Hey, this is a. This is just a. This is a, an effect of an after problem that I have with COVID. It's just called a short attention span. Wait, wait. I've had that forever. Yeah. Anyway, I was a squirrel. So anyway, um, yeah. Don't forget to visit us on the web. And I tell you what, we're going to take a quick, a quick, quick. We're going to take a quick, quack, a quick. quack. Did you say quick? I did say quick. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our guest for the day. So stay tuned. You're listening to EduTechGuys.com. Don't just listen to us. Bring us into your district today for cool, exciting, professional development. We'll teach you and your students how to take podcasting to the next level and use it to reach your classroom and to reach the world. Reach out to us on Twitter at EduTechGuys or head over to EduTechGuys.com. Scroll down on the page and fill out the form and we'll be in touch. Bring EduTech Guys to your school. Hey, welcome back to the EduTech Guys. Uh, we have a really great guest today. Some really, it's it's a different uh, uh, route for us, I guess yeah. you'd say. A different, you know, a, a different vibe. There we go. That's and, and so I'm real excited about it. Um, uh, we we met online, and I realized, ooh, this is a creator. This is this is you know this is somebody who's making some stuff. And I thought this would be awesome for the show. Um, so I'm going to let our guest introduce himself, tell us who he is and what he does, and all that kind of good stuff. So here we go. Hello, my name is Michael Finia. I call myself a media engineer. So I do uh, a variety of different projects. Some of the stuff that I've been associated with over the last few years had to do with the Columbian Exposition, a Chicago World's Fair in 1893. Uh, I've also got a project that focuses on national parks, visiting them and all kinds of different ways you can explore that by creating media of your own. Um, some of the stuff you can find on Amazon, you can find some things on Gumroad, um, starting to expand into uh, the extended reality world and have a project that focuses on working out content for uh, your personal brand and promotion as well. Yeah, you, you're dabbling in a whole lot of things that are not necessarily connected, but also not necessarily not, not connected. connected. <laughs> That's really oh, cool. That. So, um, yeah. so tell us how your life experiences, um, your education, your background, your learning led you to the realization, and, and this will sound kind of existential, but your purpose on this planet of what, you know, what you're doing now and how you got to this point. Well, that's, that's pretty lofty. I don't know if my purpose on the planet <laughs> is to make media projects, but it's something I like to do and have been doing uh, with clients and with my own uh, endeavors across life. I used to be a musician uh, back in the day. I played a lot and we did music videos and documented travels and created all kinds of promotional things and got into web design and stuff like that. And you kind of fall into doing different things for uh, yourself or other people. 
yeah. along the way. And it worked in media and advertising over the years, um, doing different campaigns. And uh, a few years back, decided I wanted to start doing some of that for myself and actually, um, you know, create some stuff that I would be able to, um, you know, show at any given point that kind of develops a portfolio, but is also uh, expressive across the gamut, you know, so I get to write, create music, um, direct videos, I guess, in yeah, a sense, yeah, you know, and yeah. take, take photos and video and, and try and connect these pieces of imagery to a message, uh, whether that is, um, you know, symbolic or journalistic. Um, you know, I've got different experiences with different things and, and I like to do it. So, well, and that's a huge, that is a huge plus. I mean, I, I, people tend to sell that point very short. You like to do it. That's, and that's, I, that's, that, that's one of the keys, I think, to any, especially longevity when it comes to uh, anyone who is creating any type of content. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to point the mirror back at you guys before we went to uh, live, you were talking like this is uh, we've done over 400 episodes and it's like, well, you know, you have you have established longevity. It's like, why do you keep coming back to this? Because you like doing it. You like having the conversations and you like learning about stuff and you get to delve deeper and deeper into the little crevices of information about topics. And, you know, some of those, uh, you know, I, I like traveling. Uh, I've been to 48 of 50 states. I'll let you guess which two I haven't been to yet um, <laughs> and have gone to a lot of national parks yeah. and state capitals and have taken pictures there and written about traveling there and, you know, kind of shared that along the way and gathering those things up and being able to put them into, you know, a, a, a slightly richer experience in terms of like a, a video component or something like that, where you can send it out to share with your family or whatever, you know, it's fun to do. I like it. And, um, you know, there's no reason that more people can't do this. Um, if they so choose. Well, and I think that's one of the really cool things about your national parks project, since we're kind of going down that road. Uh, it, you know, it's not just, hey, these are the pictures that I took and this is the experience I had. I think it's awesome that you are taking your experience, having navigated through so many of our national parks and putting the power of the individual storytelling into other people's hands through their lenses, through their microphones, through whatever means that they are wanting to share their experiences out. You know, and, and that's what I find too, is with the social media presence that these projects have, mm -hmm. people connect to some of these, um, these mimetic uh, themes like national parks uh, and they just kind of find these profiles or they'll tag me on this stuff. Like, Oh, look at this picture that I took. And it's like, that's amazing. That's better than any of the pictures I took there. <laughs> like, I'm glad that you tagged me on this. Uh, you know, um, so that that's been really cool. And then obviously to be able to connect with folks like you, um, uh, for whatever reason, whether it is about like, a Chicago thing. I've done a lot of chats about that. I've talked about national parks and travel a bit. I've done a little bit about content development and obviously like educational technology, uh, getting, finding content, sourcing content as vehicles for learning 
regardless of whatever the technology is, I think is, um, you know, maybe a bottleneck in a lot of different fields too. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, that, that brings me to, so your use of photography and video and music, well, heck, the entire gamut of media in your projects, that, that's really amazing. Can you kind of tell the educators and the other listeners that you know are listening about the importance and effect of each one of those and individually, like how you like to use them and how you think of them going into it. And maybe the combination of like, when you combine things, you realize, you know what this needs, this needs a good you know soundtrack behind it, or this needs, this needs nothing. It's a great photo. It doesn't need to be a video. Could you discuss 100%. that a little bit? Uh, yeah, for sure. I taught music lessons uh, for years and years as a, as a musician. And my first lessons with students were always, um, we wrapped up on the C major scale, but getting to the C major scale was always this very um, smorgasbord kind of effect of like, let's talk a little bit about history. Let's talk a little bit about language. Let's talk a little bit about the physics of sound. And then we finally get to this last lesson where it's like, okay, now you're playing, but you have all this context. And I think that regardless of where you come from, whether it's like a writing background or a music creation background, or you're an illustrator or you're uh, something else in the visual arts, you can always use that as a bouncing point to say like, okay, well, how, how can I look at what I'm doing here and add context through the lens of history or what other creators were making when this style was coming up or, you know, why did this thing get created? You know, there are many technologies that lead to new art. And that I think is particularly right now with like the extended reality world, when you're watching all of these new lenses and then all of these new kind of modules of hardware and software get baked in our smartphones. Um, and then when we're looking at, you know, not too far around the corner, what are like, uh, gosh, uh, light field arrays, mm. that stuff is really wild. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that like, the how we're going to interface with information, whether it is uh, entertaining or educational or whatever, uh, we need to be able to transmit our messages into those uh, mechanisms. You know, that's that's going to become important. So I don't feel locked into like this thing is a book. Well, it's only a book because that was the fastest and easiest thing that I could like mentally package, right. sure. you know, at yeah. that point in time, after I'd done this thread in 2018. Right. And it was like, well, okay, I've, I've posted 125 pictures over the last 125 days of the 125th anniversary of this event. Can I turn it into a book as a challenge? Yeah, I can. And I did now, you know, what else, what's next, you know? Yes. Um, so that's just kind of like you, you continually cycle through these ideas and, um, you know, transmute your lead into gold as it were. <laughs> Exactly. You know, that, that's exactly that's one of our biggest deals of we like to help teachers and educators and students find their voice and then find that platform that's best for them. And, and that's exactly what you're talking about. And technology has come so far. Um, I, I, too, am a musician. I was a band director for 15 years and um, I still play uh, upright bass for symphonies and jazz work. And so, awesome. I, you know, I keep busy. But 
What's really interesting about that is, is that I remember back in the 90s doing marching band, we were just starting to put electronics and stuff on the field because the technology got to the point where we could use it. And now you don't see a marching band without, you know, uh, full sound systems and, you know, wireless microphones and LED panels and the whole bit. And, and I think that that's really interesting. And what's really kind of sad is, is that a large percentage of, of educators in schools across the country have yet to embrace technology that's even decades old at this point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the kids are way ahead of, you know, we were talking before the show about discord and things like that. You know, the kids oh, are, I love it. they're way ahead of it. Yeah. You know, you know and, and we think about Twitch and discord and I know some drummers that, you know, have led lights under their drums and they have five cameras and they, you know, they do some amazing stuff on these, you know, these things and their expressiveness is so amazing. And, and I love how you, um, how that's what you're, you know, you're getting into. So let, let's talk about that. Let's bring in your latest book and let's talk about this new form and also your newest book, How to Create a Personal Brand in 10 Steps. Um, and that's just the, yeah. the initial title. But let's let's let, let, tell the listeners why you realized you needed to write that book because that was the quickest way to, you know, to get it out. I'm sure you have other for, formats also out there. But um, And the importance of everyone's personal brand, not, not just educators, but students and you know, bankers and you know, truck drivers and you know, that kind of thing. Well, let's look at say, you know, the, the trend of the way things have been going. So like 20 years ago, maybe the term personal brand was like mm -hmm. a very, um, novel thing, mm -hmm. right? I think the first time I ever heard that term used, that phrase used was like in reference to Jennifer Lopez actually, mm -hmm. and kind of what she was doing. So when I think about her, I don't necessarily have any one particular product or service that I associate with her. Right. And mm -hmm. you couldn't even really say that she has exclusively existed within one entertainment field. She mm -hmm. started as a dancer, moved into music, has gone into acting. Uh, so in that sense, like she's been very versatile and her brand has grown to encompass all of these different facets. Now, you know, fast forward to today where we are in a world where social media, um, you know, <laughs> is now even just like a collection of platforms and how you express yourself on all these different platforms varies, whether it is pictorial and videographic on stuff like Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok, or if it is more editorial, uh, you know, on Facebook and uh, Twitter, or whether or not it is more collage-like on Pinterest, However it is, however you perceive your experience there, you're probably doing and dabbling across um, a variety of media creation mechanisms already. And to think more longitudinally, right? To think um, more purposefully, intentionally about how to apply these tools and say like, how do I wanna get from here to there within a certain amount of time or make sure that I get all of these things said uh, within a certain amount of time, th that can be really valuable. Uh, if you are actually trying to grow awareness or sell something, as many people are, I think that a lot of people are now like past the notion of like, oh, I'm going to have like a side gig in addition to my career or whatever, where I try to generate money. Like a lot of people do that and they think of that and they approach it that way. So why not uh, use the tactics available to you 
to, um, you know, make the most of that and make it easy, I guess, to create pieces of content mm-hmm. um, that can be reused or applied across a wide variety of distribution channels too. Because people don't think holistically or they don't think about what they're going to need next month when they're just like signing up for Instagram right. as opposed to saying like, oh, I have to maintain a presence across all of these social networks. What things do I need for all of them so that I can make this really quick and easy for myself as I do join all of them? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that especially here in in, in the most recent you know offerings of various social media platforms you know, before you wouldn't necessarily see, uh, I'm just going to use like the Holderness family as an example. Okay. Uh, if you don't know they're for those that may not know them, um, wildly popular, they're a family who do these parody videos. They're goofy, silly. They have a great time doing it. Um, and, and they initially, if I'm not mistaken, they started on Facebook, I believe. Uh, and, and then as they realized, you know, we've got to be able to reach more people and, and as you said, embrace all of these different platforms, they, they put their different, uh, they put the same content on different platforms, but they're tailored for those platforms. Mm. Good Mythical Morning is another prime example of that. You can watch their full-blown episodes on YouTube, but on Facebook, you get like these very edited, condensed versions. And that's, um, and, and I'm not saying that to discourage anybody saying, oh, look at all the work involved. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. It is, you can take this, the, these, this one piece of content or these couple of pieces of content right. and tailor those for your TikToks and your Instagrams and mm-hmm. your, you know, whatever else is coming down the road and, and kind of reuse content in different ways. And all of that goes to building that personal brand that you're talking 100%. about. Yeah. Totally, totally agree with you. Like, yes, the first couple of times it's going to feel like heavy lifting because you haven't developed any processes. It might be the first time you're interfacing with a piece of software. Uh, yeah, of course, when you're learning stuff, it takes a little while. Um, but hopefully you fall in line with uh, processes that are a easy for you to make sense of and implement and then b work for you to connect with with people too you know so that's that's it's a process of elimination there might be some things that are just not interesting or compelling for you to do like i'm not really like uh like a a streamer you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't I don't really do like a lot of like hanging out, talking into the camera. That's not really my speed. But at the same time, um, you know, that doesn't mean that I don't watch some of that when it's applicable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I think that's where you find resources like various, you know, uh, how to videos or things like your book where it's, you know, how to do this in, in 10 steps. And it's not like, for, at least from my perspective, it's not one of those, here's the 10 steps and you're one and done. It's here are the 10 steps, but you can, you know, depending on what comes next or, or as each person is evolving their personal brand. You come back and you and you revisit it, and you go, "Oh wait, I, you know, I, I through all of this, 
I didn't necessarily need, you know, the sixth thing you talked about, but now I kind of do. So I, you know, go back right. and, and revisit it. Or even if you used all 10 steps, then as you grow and as you mature, you kind of revisit those, at least I would anyway, I would revisit right. those and, and see, okay, am I still on this track? Are these things still working? And then if not, okay, where do I need to tweak some things mm-hmm. in order to help improve my brand image? So Michael, do you, do you go so through here's a, that kind of stuff? That's what I was going to ask. I, I figured you're about to address that. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. You, you go ahead first. <laughs> well, actually. that's what I was going to ask. Uh, when you talk about the 10 steps, you talk about, you know, re-engagement and, you know, we're figuring out your actual hot topic. Cause you know, some of us go into it thinking I'm going to do this and we're unaware of the fact that we have followers, but they're following us for something completely different, you know, do. Sure. Yeah. You know, and they, they helped us find our niche. We didn't know what it was. We got into mm-hmm. it. We thought it was something else. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, and that's a, that's a path to discovery too. So like part of, um, that program is applying the ideas to something new that is kind of like an extension. So all of those things, I've done that for me right now. Can I do those things for the Chicago Columbian exposition or national parks? Can I do all of these things to promote this brand itself too, to be completely meta, you know? So like applying the lessons within the book to promote the book itself. Well, I mean, here we are talking on this podcast recording Hmm. inside of that book. There is a chapter about podcast and audio. So yeah, uh, you know, it, there's, there's back and forth feedback across, (laughs) across all kinds of channels. Um, yeah, I think it's totally, it's totally applicable. It's something that you can jump around in. I am doing um, some beta viewing with this right now with a few folks. Uh, as as I might have mentioned before, yes, it is a book right now. It is going to be a video course very soon. Mm-hmm. It'll be wrapped up uh, just as soon as I possibly can. And then I'll be loading that up on Gumroad. So that will include the book and the videos. Uh, if people want to do more intimate, like one-on-one consultation, that'll be available too, to kind of help work through different phases of that program or on a weekly basis or however, you know, it really makes sense for people. Cause I know that everybody's on different timetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of where I want to head with that. So yeah, to answer your question <laughs> well, as broadly a way as I can. Uh, one of the things, you know, because our focus is, you know, educational technology and, and, and focusing on educators, one of the things that if you're an educator and you're out there listening and you might be thinking, I don't, this personal brand stuff, you know, I'm not doing TikTok and I don't want to do, you know, Facebook or YouTube or here's the thing. Your personal brand is how you are presenting yourself out to whoever your, 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 uh, consumers are. Mm. And so those consumers could very well be the students in your classroom. And, and for me, it's really funny. I'm old. So when I, when I go way back to, especially my, my fifth and sixth grade teacher, I ended up having the same teacher because as I went to sixth grade, he also, they shifted him over and we didn't have the term personal brand back then, (laughs) but he did have his own personal brand. It was the way he looked and the way he talked and the things he said and the things he did. And that has stuck with me all these years later because he was very conscious about what he said and how he said things and the way he would present things. And that was all part of that. I guess in those days you called it your personal image, right? But, but it was all part of his, his branding of this is, you know, this is Mr. So-and-so and, and ultimately 
in, in the scope of the, that school building and then throughout the district and then really even into, you know, the, the near, the, the, the uh, near lying, uh, uh, other districts, the regional areas, uh, you could mention his name and people would know, oh yeah, I know about that guy. And this was you know, long before there was any kind of this stuff. And his own so, slideshow that you turned. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's, <laughs> David, doc, Dr. David Suzuki was narrating. Um, <laughs> um, but that, that shows you how old I am. Um, but, uh, but, but just, just, to, just to say all of that to say that um, a lot of times we, we, we like to share things with with you as the listener that you may not quite see a direct connection between what you're doing in the classroom and what we're talking about but hopefully this kind of thing and and the discussions we're having makes those connections for you sure so that was, that was a long, long-winded way to say what I needed to say. <laughs> <laughs> to tie Sorry. back into what you're talking about though yeah, yeah. I completely agree because the way things are going um, you know remote teaching there's no mm-hmm. reason that a lot of these faculty who have developed syllabuses or programs or whatever mm-hmm. can't simply now record themselves teaching these classes and then distribute them into these different platforms that exist like Udemy um Khan Academy of yeah, others. All those, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly we've had this so discussion yeah. the side uh income uh for for some of these folks that is, um, you know, I don't know if I want to say evergreen, but certainly like, uh, recurring. Right. Yeah. How much it, it gets pushed or promoted. Or whatever. Well, and, and honestly, a lot of it is evergreen. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yes, I, I, you know, I get, especially if you happen to ha- come up through the non-common core math era and then had to come into the common core math area, uh, era and whatever other, alternate methods of math teaching. Let's just put it that way. Um, but, but ultimately two and two is four, right? I mean, there, there are some basic concepts that, as you said, are evergreen. Um, uh, there's a lot of, of history that can be presented that it, it's history. It, you know, for the most part is what it is, although we are making continual discovery. So that content can also be updated. Same with science and, you know, most of the content that you're seeing educators presenting. See, that's a supplemental DLC right there. That's right. An opportunity. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Look at there. Exactly. The DLC. We that's, know that's hilarious. That's a, con- a conversation that we've had is, is in, in, I believe that the future, which is really close, is those teachers build their brand and they, they instead of teaching at that you know land-based school district, mm-hmm. they can now be hired by multiple school districts and that becomes the yep. curriculum and make way yeah. more than teachers make now, you know, because I want, you know, Dr. Chemistry for chemistry. He's great and he teaches in 400 different school districts across the country. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. So I, I want to kind of bring some stuff into play here. So let's talk about, so this book, did you use what you learned from the, uh, the, um, the, uh, sorry, my brain went blank, um, the uh, Chicago project and your other book as some data, you know, to use that funny word, um, about how, you know, how personal branding works and what you learned from promoting those and marketing those well, things. So I use them as examples of how they're applied, but I don't necessarily um, use them as like definitive case studies or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Though I do provide a case study using the exposition, it's not really about like data related to it. It's really just kind of like tying together 
look, this is a presentation about how all of these things connect. And here's an example of it. Look, you could literally see this thing up on Amazon right now. You can, you could follow this project on Facebook or Twitter. This is a real entity. You can emulate this practice. Uh, you can write down simple things like this, develop press releases, uh, use that copy and break it up into those small little bits for social media and all kinds of different things. Um, and basically like there is that, uh, but in the sense of like, am I showing like hard data on like this will result in such and such sales from your funnel? No, because you know, that's, that would just be snake oil sales. <laughs> 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 um, I think that like anybody that's promising you like something like that is probably not reliable. I think that like everybody knows like what good click through rates are for uh, pay per click and everything at this point in time. And like they're dirt low. So mm-hmm. like, um, you know, you know, you're going to pay for advertising if you want that. Um, sure. This is really about like the content generation. Um, and obviously it's not about like developing an agency though. If you can follow through with all of these practices, I mean, in a sense, you will know what to evaluate an agency you might want to hire. Uh, at the end of this, you could say like, okay, well, I know how much effort this all took me. So if I wanted somebody to do this for me on a regular basis, mm-hmm. I can expect it to take this amount of time. Am I willing to pay such and such budget for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those are fair things to assess at the end of all this. And I think that's valuable information to have. Everybody is a publisher at this point in time, mm-hmm. whether they like it or not. If you were on social media, you are a publisher, you are creating content and you are trying to harvest attention. So, uh, you know, you can either get out in front of that or you can act like, um, you know, you're not part of that machine or whatever, but you know, we know better. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, if you're out there doing it, you're out there doing it, whether you think you are or not. So this is another question. So I've always, I've, for the last few years, I've told several students um, who I find good at a lot of media, uh, whether it's video uh, graphics, the whole bit, I've told them, I said, you know, you can go, we're we're in a small town of 10,000 people in Southwest Arkansas, but there's still auto parts stores and there's a local hardware store and there's, you know, uh, 52 beautiful, beauty parlors and things like that. But I believe there's a place for, for kids to cut their teeth. And, um, where do you see that lying in your, your book, um, preparing those kids to learn how to build their personal brand, the business strategy they can learn from that, just like you were just talking about. Um, do you see that, that to me, that becomes the small town auto shade mechanic, uh, tree, uh, the, the shade tree mechanic kind of thing of media consultant and yeah. media provider. Um, don't yes. you see that building on itself as we move? Cause you know, we have these big influencers on Instagram that do the Nike shoes and the Adidas, but what about the local Insta, the Instagram influencers? Kids are always going to be ahead. Okay. Right. Like, So like, they're not going to be thinking like, how do I build my personal brand? They're just going to be popular for doing goofy stuff (laughs) with their friends on the internet using technology that like is out of the, they're going to use the platforms that are out of the sight of their parents. And it's always going to happen that way. (laughs) Every 10, five to 10 years, like kids are going to like a completely different platform because their parents are not there. That's going to happen. Eventually, maybe there'll be like some retro movement where people go back to Facebook 
Facebook kids are ironically using Facebook, even though their parents are there Mm -hmm. just because they think that that's like wearing bell bottoms or something. I don't know, (laughs) but uh, that seems viable, but in the sense that like where they're going to be doing like all their kid stuff and rebellious stuff, they're always going to do it like wherever their parents are not hanging out. So um, that in and of itself, like they're always not going to care about being buttoned up and like, looking clean and proper for her. Right. Uh, their like a lo- their longevity of their personal brand is not going to be like f- at the forefront. So like that's good because that means that they're going to like break forms and create new, uh, new aesthetics. And mm-hmm. that's always fun to watch. Like, I don't want to try and shoehorn that into like some st- 10 step personal brand thing. That's yeah. nice heinous and criminal to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first, folks. MySpace and GeoCities coming back. Wow. AOL. <laughs> AOL. There you go. The communities. That's right. <laughs> Al- although those are, w- what we're dealing with now are just literal, you know, evolutions. Of oh, absolutely. Thing. So, I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, Michael, so I'm going to throw some more education stuff in there. Um, we like to keep our teachers happy, but you know, one of our biggest things about podcasting, we do several workshops that when we travel to conferences about, you know, building podcasts and the writing aspect of it and the creative aspect of it. And, um, you mind talking about your influences and your educational motivators that, you know, did you ever think you would write a book? I mean, was that ever in your plan? And, and, you know, talk about that because, you know, that, that's, a, that's a scary, some people think, oh, I couldn't write a book because I'm, I'm terrible at grammar. I'm terrible at, you know, the oh, English yeah. language. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's say, uh, you know, I'm sure that all of my books have some typos in them and they <laughs> probably need a second edition to clean some of that stuff up. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, and you know what? I don't really care. Like that's not really the critical part for me, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that I'm grammatically correct all the time. Sorry, English teachers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that's great. If that's what you want to do, that's not really my speed. Like mm-hmm. I, I want everything to get cleaned up over time, but like right now, okay. If it, if it has like a comma in the wrong place, like I'm not, I'm not ashamed right. About right. It. Yeah. It'll get, it'll get dialed in over time. Yeah. Um, that's us so, creative over grammatical. That's where we are all the time. Creative writing <laughs> over grammatical writing. I get that. So, so uh, yeah. So it's, you know, all writing is creative writing. So I think everybody wants to create a book at some point. For me, it was kind of like, this is an opportunity that I have right now. If I put a little bit more energy into this, it'll shape into this thing. Um, you know, cause I had X number of thousands of words and hundreds of pictures and stuff like that. I was like, I think I could make a book out of this and started laying it out uncertain that that would happen, but it did. Um, now in terms of my influences for making a book, I do have a couple. There's a guy, uh, who had created a book that my newest book is, is kind of built on his as a template. His book is called make it great, uh, by Gary. Um, sorry. Uh, geez, just lost, lost his name. Uh, Gerbishak. I can't remember his name right now. Hold on. I have to look it up because I don't want to mess it <laughs> up. Otherwise it will. And then it'll uh, bother you till three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Phil Gerbishak. I don't know why I couldn't remember Phil's le- uh, first name. Yeah. But Phil Gerbishak put out a book called make it great. And his book is awesome. I got it from another friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours at an event some years ago mm-hmm. and read it and realized that he just put it out himself. And then there was another guy that I follow on Twitter who put out a book, um, which was a fictional book only like, I don't know, maybe 
150 pages, 180 pages or whatever. It was all his own writing. Uh, Delicious Tacos put out this book. Fantastic. Just great writer and fun story. And they both publish and, you know, they're on Amazon and they do these things and they use them as promotional vehicles and stuff like that. And I just thought it was awesome. I was like, I could do this. So I put out the one on the Columbian exposition. Uh, anybody can write a book and release it on Amazon. And that like, doesn't lend you any credentials in any sense. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) you can do that. Mm -hmm. And it is what I have done. I would love to put that out with like a legit publisher at some point, but I'm not hung up on it. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, in terms of it, like making money, it, it does make some money. And in terms of like being a, a great, uh, conversation starter, it, it is also that. Yeah. And I think, I think in, in terms of, of that kind of self-publishing route, um, I, you hit the nail on the head. Anyone can write a book and, and put it out there. You know what I mean? Uh, like I, that's one of the things, in fact, I had a friend of mine who he published a, a, a novel, just a, a, a work of fiction. It was something he'd been working on and he had considered shopping it around, et cetera, et cetera. He decided, you know what? I'm just going to, he went out to uh, lulu.com. Uh, he went out to oh, Lulu great. and he was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it out there. And once, once I got a copy of his book, I was like, well, this is stupid. I have a book I've been working mm-hmm. on. I can do this. And so, you know, <laughs> I put out a couple and it was one of those things. It's, I'm like you, you know, uh, you know, uh, would it would it be nice to shop, you know, around and have a, a, a well-known publisher, you know, grab me a hundred thousand copies that end up at the dollar store? Sure, that'd be fun. But by the same token, I I, I wrote a book, I published it in in the scheme of things. You know, I'm I'm no Stephen King or any of those kinds of things. It's just you know, I'm a dude who decided to put some stuff down on paper and well, digital paper and you know, make, make a book that you can actually hold in your hand. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I I think, I I think when we look at what's available today in terms of content creation, whether it's people making videos with their phones or writing a book and putting it on Amazon or, uh, you know, Lulu or wherever, you know, where you can do the self-publishing thing or where people upload their pictures to various sites. And you can, you know, even if you put them as royalty free, you can still make money Mm -hmm. off of those sites through the subscriptions that those sites offer. And people are, you know, getting content like crazy. And then you have sites like Fiverr, where, you know, I, if I need, if, if I want to make a YouTube video and, and I don't know how to make a thumbnail to save my life, <laughs> I can pay somebody $5 to make a thumbnail for me. I mean, sure. you know, it, it's those kinds of things. And, and it's just, I think it's, it's fantastic. And all of that, bringing it full circle around, all of it ties back to the, the little baby steps that go involved, that, that are involved with getting your personal brand, you know, refined into what you want it to be. Yeah. It just doesn't work for me. I got to keep sacking groceries at the Winn-Dixie to get by, but that's okay. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> so Michael, uh, new book, what's, what's next for you? Um, share with our listeners what's coming up and, and also, um, your contact information, website, uh, social media, uh, yeah. things like that. So you can connect with me on your preferred social channel via my website, which is Michael hyphen finney.com. Uh, I also have some videos and links to some of the projects we've been discussing today. Uh, as soon as the video course is available, I will be loading up links for that. Cool. Um, that'll be up there. There are social channels for all this stuff. If you're only interested in one component or another, uh, that way you don't have to see everything or even care about all that other stuff. 
if you only care about nature, then, you know, you, you know where to, to look if you, if you want to see some <laughs> right. photos and stuff. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be it for, for that kind of cool. stuff. Well, yeah, I, I think what I, is next? I, I don't I remember if I found you on Instagram or Twitter. I can't remember where. Probably Twitter. I, I think it was Twitter. He's at MDF underscore three six five. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's where it was. Yeah. I was trying to remember. The video course is next. Cool. Um, I have begun working on volume two of the National Park series that is uh, well underway in terms of writing, uh, in terms of layout, uh, 0% underway. <laughs> uh, I have done some of the videos, so that has, has already been created. Um, we'll see. I think what probably would be the fastest thing for me to work on would be getting uh, a second edition out for the Columbian Exposition book. There are a couple of corrections in there and a couple editions I'd like to make. And I'd like to redo the cover. Uh, I'd also like to um, maybe address the larger scheme within the mm -hmm. book now, just because there is so much more happening with it than, you know, the fact that it is just a book. Um, and like I said, the extended reality stuff that is, you know, I don't think it's like around the corner for me, but man, if I could be able to start showing people what we've been working on in the first quarter of next year, that's kind of like my unspoken now spoken yeah, right. <laughs> uh, informal goal. It's I out there now, man. <laughs> yeah. So quarter one, I would say like, I would love to be showing people uh, something, you know, official related to that. And hopefully, you know, um, something will, will come of that. We've got lots of progress. It's just a matter of um, getting it cleaned up and um, making it make sense for other people. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. So it, cool. Well, Michael, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, I think a thank lot of our listeners, gonna, well, I think they're going to really appreciate this. This is, uh, you know, this is some <laughs> stuff that they need to hear and uh, they're going to want to hear. And I think it'll get a lot of people inspired in the education area. So um, I want to thank you tons for that. Well, hey, yeah, I'm always looking to talk about these projects, obviously, but more importantly, uh, you know, anybody that is looking to get in contact with me or give me feedback in an educational sense about any of the projects that I've got going on or wants to uh, give some feedback or participate in some capacity with the exposition project, always love uh, hearing from people in regards to that or seeing things that are related to the event, uh, historical artifacts and stuff like that, love Love, love to see it. Awesome. Uh, Once again, thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much to Michael Finney for sharing all the cool stuff he's got going on. Be sure to check him out online. And now it is time for Boys and Girls Edutech Tip of the Week. Week. Oh, that was a nice tritone there. Hey, listen, this this week's Edutech Tip of the Week has to do with the new Apple iOS and its ability to scan text. Um, if you haven't seen it, you can use the camera on board now. It becomes one of those choices you have in, say, an input window inside text messaging or when you're pasting into notes. You can turn on the camera, point it at any picture or select a picture of text and pull that text OCR it in and use it in any document that you have. 
Uh, pretty neat stuff. Um, I was telling David, I, I read it first of all, I knew about it because I saw it one day and I was like, what's that do? Oh, wow, that seems crazy right there. But then I, <laughs> so I read a great article of how college students were using it to take pictures of their other, the members of the class taking notes and then steal those notes and pasting them into their thing. Hey, you don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> hey, I, you know, before, you know, you would just take a picture of, you know, your classmates notes. Right. Now you can actually do the OCR stuff and, you know, convert it into text and, yeah. and you can read it without looking at the picture. Right. And it actually recognizes handwriting. So, wow. you know, this is really good for me. So when I, my wife says, what do we need? And there's a handwritten note. I can just take a picture of it. It converts it to text if I needed to, you know, or use the camera to send that text. Or I could just take a picture of it. Huh. Well, go, go figure. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those things that's kind of like the voice memo thing in texting. I'm like, so if I record a voice memo and I send it to you and then you respond with a voice memo, couldn't we have just called each other? Exactly. That wouldn't it just be a phone call? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the Edutech Tip of the Week. There's your Edutech Tip of the Week. And if you have any problems with it, just write out to problems at edutechguys.com. <laughs> I thought you were going to send them to Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, contact at apple.com. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's been a great show. We want to thank Michael Finney one more time for coming on. Don't forget to check us out on the web at edutechguys.com. Uh, in fact, Jeff has been working on the site, and it will be up and running this afternoon because I had to do one a little tweak, and I finally fixed it. There was nothing there. It was just a... Well, it's very representative of what happens in the space between our ears often. <laughs> nothing there. It's a darn truth right there. But hey, you can also catch us on social media. Just look up at EduTechGuys. If you'd like to be on the show, you know, check out our Calendly or at Calendly.com slash EduTechGuys. Yeah. We'd love to have you on the show. Let's talk about anything you want to talk about within reason. That's right. Love to have you. Love to have you. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> Listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all but, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.